Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 Recruiting Podcast. Bryce Kuhn alongside Sonny Ship. Sonny, we could probably... Shoot, we could fill about two hours, three hours worth of airtime if they need it on local radio in Baton Rouge with what we're about to talk about. Yeah, I don't think we like each other enough, though. We're, we, we, if we get through 30, we're good, man. <laughs> hey, that might make good entertainment. That might make good entertainment value right there. Right? But, hey, listen, right? it'd be great. It'll be great. A now, lot we can of only do 30. Years. After 30, anything more than anything longer than 30 minutes, then we got to twist the top off of a, uh, <laughs> off of a long neck. So I don't think we can do that on film. And it's nine seventeen in the morning. I don't know if that's socially oh, acceptable. Uh, you know, you're hey, in Louisiana we'll now, boy. You're not in Georgia anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hey, uh, man, recruiting is just wide open, especially this week. And it kind of started last week. And we're going to talk a lot about that before we get into it. If you're on Spotify, wherever you listen to this to, Apple Podcasts, or if you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel, like, and, and follow the feed as well. Sonny, I, I want to start with... Uh, the, the the two decommitments, the flip Andre Evans to Georgia, and then obviously JoJo Stone wanted to get your thoughts on both of these impacts in the 2024 class, because it kind of feels like this was a uh, for we'll start with the JoJo Stone. It's a guy that I'm familiar with, had watched a little bit of Georgia when he was at Grayson, uh, then transferred to Langston Hughes, kind of like an updated evaluation. Um, and, and both sides kind of decided to part ways. That's been kind of the language that has been used around uh, multiple sites and everything. So I want to get your thoughts on, you know, that receiver room. Uh, and it kind of leads into some more of the stuff we're going to talk about here a little bit later on. But but JoJo Stone and then Andre Evans, your thoughts on the two guys. Obviously, Andre Evans uh, flips to Georgia. That was one that they had had him on campus in the summer. But overall, your thoughts on these two uh, these two losses for uh, for LSU. 
And if you would have asked me back in June, uh, you know, when JoJo Stone, remember, he took an official visit to Central Florida, had an official visit scheduled to Texas that he ended up uh, that he ended up canceling and say that he was locked in with LSU. You know, I was kind of like around that time I was saying, you know, if 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 there's any if there's someone that I look at the end of the class right now as a, maybe as a shaky commitment, I says probably JoJo Stone. Early commitment, one of the first to commit in the class from out of state, transferred from one high school to another during his junior year, uh, missed, you know, only played in six or seven games as a junior. He's only played in one game as a senior. Um, And and so I think when you, you know, when you look at all of that, it's really tough to get a good evaluation on that. On the side of that, you've got, you know, you've got two sides to stories of why he left uh, Buford. And I believe it was when it wasn't Buford that he was at. I believe it was Grayson, Grayson. but I might, Grayson, I might have been Grayson. Grayson. I, I believe be it Grayson. is Grayson. I believe, I believe I get those two confused because LSU has recruited that those two schools both so hard, but, and then when he transferred over, you know, I just thought that there was a lot of boxes that could potentially be left unchecked yeah. with stone. And, and then when you look at, you know, and then obviously with Draylon Miller coming in uh, for the Auburn game, Huge, huge visit right there. You know, the four-star commitment who is committed to Texas A&M. Um, you kind of got the feeling that uh, that things were things were uh, heated up more with Miller than uh, you know than than LSU wanted folks to know about uh, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. And so I think when you tie all of that in, that that probably all had something to do with 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 JoJo Stone. And you know, in in JoJo. LSU offered him early in his, you know, after his sophomore year, kind of, you know, based off of what they thought that he was going to do. And I think he had like 17 catches for about, you know, average about 16, 17 yards a catch, if I'm not mistaken, as a sophomore. And so you saw some some room for growth, but the growth really wasn't there as a junior. Obviously, you haven't been able to see it as a senior. And so I think that, you know, that's just a situation to where both sides kind of felt, you know, felt like, it just wasn't the best fit anymore. And, um, you know, moving on to Andre Evans, uh, that's one that, you know, I know LSU fans, they look at that and they say, man, you know, God just got bumped up to the number 10 cornerback in the country on 24 seven sports. Some other services have have had him, uh, you know, highly rated since the summer, but a kid that, you know, the number one recruit in Tennessee, if you were going to lose him, you probably would have rather that you lost him to Tennessee. Um, as opposed yeah. to Georgia, because you, you know you just have that in-state angle that can really just be tough to overcome. But Andre made you know he he uh, some comments that I saw that he had uh, made to Steve Wiltfong was that he talked about being uh, being developed at Georgia, talked about the coaching, and it kind of makes you wonder if uh, you know if if all the message board talk of the issues that LSU has had on defense. Mm recruiting on the defensive side of the ball, whether or not there will be some changes after this season. Kind of makes you wonder if coaches aren't in some of these guys' ears saying, eh, you committed to Robert Steeples, but is he going to be there? You know, what if they get rid of Matt House? What if – you know, and, and and look, that goes on. You know, other schools do it. LSU does it. That's just part of the recruiting process. Yeah. But it kind of makes you wonder if it, if it made him kind of start thinking about that a little bit more closely. And now, you know, you have to kind of turn your attention to Kai Bates, the number nine cornerback in the class. There's some talk about, you know, there's some talk about him in Tennessee. And, uh, you know, Tennessee finished uh, – Tennessee finished number two for Bates. And so – 
you know, that's going to be one to watch, you know, here going forward. Now that I believe today made uh, today mark 61 days out from the start of the early signing period. So just like and I guess, you know, the way you can sum it all up is just how you see LSU coming in on some of these recruits that they finished number two for maybe that they uh, had finished number three for some of these commitments that LSU has those schools that finished number two might have, you know, had three right there at the end of it before he got ready to make a decision, you're going to start to see a lot of that kind of tussling and, and jockeying for position here down the stretch. I think it's important to remember too, Sonny, kind of what you just said with that is, look, the recruiting never stops. It's not going to stop until the the name is signed on the piece of paper, that letter intent. And then sometimes, obviously, as we know in the, the modern day of college football, it's not even going to stop there. It's going to continue throughout these kids' college careers if they decide to transfer. Uh, when you ca- talk about Andre Evans, I was able to kind of talk with some folks on the Georgia side of things, and it was a kid that they evaluated at camp. And he was a promising prospect, but they wanted to see more. And obviously the season that he's put together and what he's been able to do, uh, they, they found what they needed. And I think, too, the idea of negative recruiting, look, it's a it should be a motivator for this room to be better, a motivator for this staff to, you know, to produce more um, consistent talent, I think, at the defensive back position. Because I've had this conversation with some LSU fans on, on our podcast and everything about, yes, DBU is, is obviously a calling card of what LSU was. But right now, it's really not living up to that. And, and it hasn't maybe for a year or two now ever kind of – maybe even before Kelly was here, just a tad. You had names sprinkled in, but they've got – I think they got a ways to go to kind of earn that moniker back with some of the guys who – look. LSU does it, other teams do it, and it's going to continue to be kind of a process that these these programs do. So those are the two guys that fall off that 2024 commitment list. Um, let's let's go back even a little bit further, though, Sonny. This past weekend was electric from a, from a game day atmosphere in Auburn. Glenn and I talked about the game, but when you get down to the recruiting and just the names and the, the value, the brand value of the names that were on campus, on the field pregame, how big of a weekend this was. I know you mentioned Draylon Miller, but there's there's a lot of other names. Uh, a guy like, uh, you know, Terry Bussey, uh, obviously a big name. Obviously everyone knows Bryce Underwood too and, and a nice little constituents from the state of Michigan in there. Look, man, I, I don't think you could have asked for a better performance in a showcase uh, on a high-profile night when you, in terms of recruiting. Yeah, it you know, it, it was uh, – the weather The weather was gorgeous. It wasn't a – it wasn't a uh, – wasn't your typical October night in uh, in South Louisiana. You know, it actually felt like fall. So you had a lot of you had a lot of ingredients that really just made for for a terrific atmosphere. Hmm. You go out there, you wipe the field clean with Auburn, and, and that only that only helped. You know, your defense that had been much maligned the first few weeks actually comes out and you know and and, and keeps it respectable. You know, and so. A lot of ingredients that just made for a, uh, you know, for an exciting night on the recruiting trail. But yeah, you know, like you said, you know, when you go down some of the list, Bryce Underwood, the number one prospect in the country for 2025, quarterback, huge, huge, huge LSU target. And then when you consider the, the, the most recent events with, you know, with Andre Evans flipping, with uh, Bernard calls. He's still not being able to make it to campus because of, you know, his high school games still being committed to Ole Miss. Uh, then you turn in, you know, you add in the uncertainty or the speculation concerning, uh, you know, regarding Kai Bates. 
And that kind of elevates Terry, Terry Bussey as if the five-star wasn't already on a pedestal that really pushes him yeah. to the top of that mountain now. Um, and it also, I think it also creates some selling pitches for you too, because look, before, when, when Bussy visited in September, uh, six days, I believe it was before he, or five days before he committed to Texas A&M, you had Andre Evans, Kai Bates, Jawan Johnson, Wallace Foster. You had four potential cornerbacks on the roster that, you know, mm-hmm. that can be pointed to say, man, that's a lot of guys going to join a room that just added six or you know seven to it uh, last signing class. Mm-hmm. And so, that can that can that can create some you know a little bit of obstruction when you you know when you're trying to add more players to that class. All of a sudden now, when you point at that, you say, okay, well, you know, we we you know Andre Evans. I mean, this is your spot right here, and so it can just make it a little more attractive, and it can also kind of help that any you know when when you're down to two schools like Terry Bussey was with Texas A and M LSU, and there were others in the mix too. But I think yeah. most feel and would agree that it was a two it was a two horse race when on decision day. Is that when you when when you have when you have all of that, you kind of have some opportunities to where you can sell this guy. You know, you can yeah. and, and you can point to it and you can say, we just lost Andre Evans and this is your spot. You can slide into this spot right here. We need cornerbacks. You know, we look at the field, look at what we have right now. We're having to rotate guys in. You've had seen Zy Alexander, Deuce Chestnut, Denver Harris, uh, Sage Ryan, am I forget LaTerrence Welch. I believe they've had yeah. five different guys start at cornerback yeah. already this season. And so it's pretty obvious that they are far from settled on uh, on who, you know, on uh, really, I guess, who the guy is after Zy Alexander, because he's really been yeah. the only consistent one starting right there. So I think that 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 even though some some spots have opened up, you know, that kind of creates some opportunities for you to be able to to highlight to a guy like Bussy and highlight those opportunities for him to come in and to get that early play in time. Another guy that I wanted to mention in that cornerback room, recent decommit from Mississippi State. Uh, he was on campus this past weekend, P.J. Woodland. He did receive a crystal ball from our Ole Miss insider to the Rebels. Wanted to get your thoughts on that because that's another guy that could have been viewing this room as pretty crowded. And uh, does this feel like an Ole Miss-LSU battle? Where, where do you kind of see this one going? And is there a timeline for, for a Woodland decision? Well, I believe Woodland is going to Alabama this weekend. He's going to be into. He's going to be there for the uh, for the Tennessee game, and so I guess you kind of have to wait and see, um, you know, where they are with their cornerback board, and I guess how much of an importance and how much of a priority he is for them. Um, I do remember that you know, kind of getting back to looking at the cornerback board. You know, Bussy visited Alabama, and Alabama when he, uh, you know, when he was get preparing to make his decision, they were still they were still talked about as far as in the mix and everything. Thing. And so, uh, you know, with Woodland, I'm anxious to see, you know, how big of a priority he feels there after this weekend um, and whether or not, you know, whether or not it is, like you said, you know, an LSU Ole Miss battle or is, you know, there going to be some opportunities still with two months to go for someone else to get in there and make it more interesting. You mentioned the 2025 class, obviously Bryce Underwood's the headliner there. And I think, I know you and I kind of both walked away feeling, and I think this is – we talked just specifically about Underwood, and we can go elsewhere in terms of the future of the recruiting classes. 
Sonny, I, I kind of feel like LSU's made their best pitch. Like, like they have pushed all of the cards out there. Now, you would hope, obviously, NILs type of stuff and that kind of stuff as well, which we can openly talk about. And you and I have mentioned we're glad to be able to openly talk about this type of stuff. Do you feel like they've put their best foot forward? I mean, going back to the summer, I know you and I got a chance to watch Joe Sloan work with Underwood, the, that kind of relationship building and his family feeling comfortable with Joe Sloan and Mike Denbrock. What are your thoughts? Uh, after that visit, what have you kind of been able to take away, say, hey, look, either LSU has put their best foot forward in what is potentially the last time they're going to get them on campus uh, before that January visit or the January commitment? I think LSU has showed them everything – everything outside of NIL that he Mm. probably needs to see to be able to make that decision. Um, You know, when you, uh, different schools have different approaches when it comes to NIL, you know, from talking to, from talking to different coaches, talking to different folks associated with different teams, different programs that they cover. And, you know, it seems like, you know, that, you know, I've heard one coach who just said, look, you know, we like to just, you know, we, we put it out there. We put it out there. We put our best offer out there. Others say, you know, they they kind of, you know, they they like to wait, you know, because they mm-hmm. know others are going to counter. Others are going to come up with better, oppor- you know, with maybe better opportunities and things like that. So I, I, I really I, I would probably err on the side of um, LSU hasn't put the best out there mm-hmm. yet. And simply because, you know, you still got three months to go. You know, yeah. you, you, you've got three months. Ago. And, and I don't think Michigan, I don't think Colorado, I don't, I don't think a lot of them have, because I mean, you know, the best, their, their best offer probably comes right there when it's kind of like, you know, you, you're a week away, two weeks away to when yeah. you know that you can really lock this up, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't think that, um, I, I think that you'll still see Underwood pop up at Michigan. I, th- I would not be surprised if you saw him pop up at Colorado again. Um, maybe even a, another campus or two during this, you know, stretch run of the end of his junior season. But, um, you know, I certainly think that LSU went into this visit right here with the under the impression of this may be and this will likely be our last time that we have a chance to get him on campus and to be able to make these pitches. Because when LSU is able to, uh, you know, next week, LSU coaches uh, for the, during the bye week, they'll 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 probably spend at least half of the week, you know, out on the road recruiting, making stops by schools. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you, Joe Sloan's going to make his way up to Belleville, but the amount of time that they can actually spend with the recruits is, is very limited in these yeah. situations because they can only see him at school and things like that. So. Um, you know, I think that I think that LSU has done positioned itself where it needs to be in this race, and now it's just going to be a matter of of closing the deal. You know, yeah. but I don't believe anyone's going to close that deal three months out. I like that. I like that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And look, it's it's like anything. If you're offering, hey, what can we, we feel really good about it? And maybe December 27th, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, this is now where we pounce with uh, with kind of that uh, that second part of that NIL deal. I, hey, look, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, but I think we I left Saturday feeling and, and talking with some folks close to him thinking 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The we've talked about this, Sonny. Obviously, the lure of playing 30, 20 minutes from home. I mean, essentially from me to you, where we live here in Louisiana, and being able to play that close. Well, not me it to matters. you. Not me to you. <laughs> not, yeah, not me to you. You to Glenn. <laughs> me to Glenn. There we go. Me to campus. That being said, the the lure of playing that close, while it does matter. Some folks in his in, in his camp and in that circle say, "Hey, look, you know, he's not going to just make the decision based off of that." And I think it speaks to the maturity of what he's been able to do. And obviously, that's good news for LSU. I mean, for for them to be able to get him down there, and he had a great time. I think uh, it's safe to say down in Baton Rouge, and we all talked about that. It, it was it was a big one over there on the site. So if you want to catch some of those notes and those nuggets as well, uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll definitely point you there in the link down in the bio below. Sonny, we take a look more at this the, the future of this class. A lot of 2025 guys, 2026. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts because I know you entered a crystal ball on uh, Keelan Moses. That's a guy that is, I mean, literally right in LSU's backyard. He's another impact type of player that would be a nice addition to this 2025 class. And as we get ready to really t- kind of turn our attention to that, uh, what are some of the other names that maybe were on campus this past weekend or other ones to keep an eye out for uh, in, in the future, 2025, maybe 2026? Yeah, I think the LSU staff, the LSU recruiting staff has really done a good job uh, of positioning um, positioning the program with the in-state guys for 2025. Mm-hmm. If you look at if you look at the 2024 class, um you know some of the some of the angst and some of the worry that that fans will have down the stretch is going to focus on these uh, is on these out of state kids you know yeah. and because you know they don't necessarily have that in state draw that a lot of louisiana guys do and so you know i think that when you um and correct me if i'm wrong i believe out of the 23 commitments, 15 are from inside the state. I'm, I'm double checking that right 15 now. 15 or 16. I think that's, I think that's true. Yeah. It's the, it, it's in the neighborhood. It, it's definitely in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. See, but, and, and my point being is that with those guys, you know, you have, you have a little less worry of the out-of-state school, of the the big in-state school, like a Tennessee for a Tennessee prospect, Georgia for a Georgia mm-hmm. prospect, Florida for Florida, and so on. You have a little less worry with the with a lot of those guys, you know, and and so that's going to be something that's going to benefit them down the stretch. And I think it's also when you look at twenty twenty five, they've really done a good job of positioning themselves well on that front. You mentioned um, 
you mentioned Keelan Moses. I think I do think that he commits to LSU. He said that a commitment is coming soon. I do think that that will be happening, you know, in a lot sooner than later. Uh, <laughs> Devin Harper, the big four-star interior yeah. offensive lineman out of Shreveport, he was down for that game. I think they're in a very good spot for them. Harlem Berry, a five-star yeah. running back out of New Orleans, I think that they're in a great spot for him. James Simon, the running back out of Calvary Baptist, another guy. I think they're in a really strong spot for him. Um, and so, you know, when you go and when you start looking at, you know, the top, you know, top seven or eight, top 10 in Louisiana for 2025, there's a lot of good feelings for, that you have that folks have on a lot of those kids. You know, Jabori mm-hmm. Antoine, the number one prospect in the state. Unfortunately, his junior season ended um, abruptly a couple of weeks ago with a shoulder injury, had shoulder surgery. And so, you know, I, I think with him, you know, you, you look at, okay, the Texas, the Alabamas, the, you know, the Texas A&Ms, they're going to be your big, you know, they're going to be your big players for him along with LSU. But really outside of him, I think that the staff has really, really got LSU in a very good position with, with most everybody else. Yeah, that 2025 class and then 2026. I mean, it's it, it's crazy when you start to look at some of the talent that, that's going to be inside this state. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, you talk about one thing that I think fans can really look forward to. If they continue to build momentum on the field, 2025, 2026 classes, man, that's that's those are those are types of classes in this state, Sonny. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but those are the types that can really build the foundation to be a uh, a continuing playoff and championship threat when when you talk about the the type of guys and playmakers that that could be in that class and i think it'd be a lot of fun to see a lot of those guys make it on campus Uh, let's wrap it up with we talked about two of the guys that decommitted uh and one that flipped we talked about you know looking ahead let's talk about one of the newest additions to the 2024 class cj jackson the linebacker out of tucker georgia Uh, this is a guy that i had you know the privilege of covering um, six foot three, 225. We've got him as a three-star, but a four-star composite. Uh, Sonny, he's a guy that was viewed uh, when he committed to Georgia Tech back in June as kind of a tweener. Could, could he add the weight and play down on the line, or is he going to strictly you know, play that uh, – they call it a money-backer position uh, at Georgia Tech. I know, obviously, uh, you know, LSU is going to call that a jack linebacker. Decommits on October the 5th, and then just 10 days later, right fresh off that visit – uh, this past weekend, commits to LSU. It's a nice pickup, I think, uh, of what they were able to do with Jackson. Uh, you know, Frank Wilson in on this, Bobby Barm, another guy that has those Georgia recruiting ties that was in on this pick. Your thoughts on Jackson, this addition, and what it means for this class? Uh, well, I, I like it. Uh, first off, I like the addition. Um, I'm not – I don't know. I don't know if I'm in the camp of that they absolutely needed another Jack linebacker. Um, yeah. I guess when you look at Kolosh, if you look at Kolosh, uh, Kolosh Cobbins, and if you look at CJ, kind of got two guys who are kind of in the same mold a, a little bit. In that, mm-hmm. are they Jack linebackers? Could they possibly play linebacker? Uh, you know, so I think you have a little bit of that, but you know. You go back to last year, Deshaun Womack, I truly believe that he's going to be a Jack linebacker. You have Jackson Howard, uh, Dylan Carpenter. I think Dylan Carpenter will probably grow into that defensive end spot opposite of the Jack. So I guess you could make a case 
that you needed to in this class. But I think when you when 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 you sum it up and when you look at that, you have two guys, and you know you're not dead set on either one of them playing that position. Then I think you look at the upside, and the upside mm-hmm. is that both of them are athletic. Both of them can run and both of them have some some versatility. And so in that sense, in that sense, I, I really do like the pickup in that sense. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, when you look at I know that LSU's trying to, you know, they're still trying to get Colin Simmons down for an official visit. He's kind of circled that Florida game on November the 11th that weekend. You know, I, I, I'm still hesitant. I'm still skeptical that that trip even happens. Um, and so, you know, there's no harm in adding another Jack linebacker in my opinion. You know, yeah. I don't think you're going to all of a sudden go for, be able to say, okay, this room's too crowded. Now Colin Simmons doesn't want to come or, you know, if someone else popped up. So I like the versatility and I like the athleticism that he brings uh, to the table with Collage Cobbins. Another name kind of mentioned on that edge rusher type of deal is Ahmad Burrow. And I got a chance to talk to him on Saturday night. He's playing some inside, but it's more due to necessity up there at Rustin. They really need him. Man, but this guy's built solidly. And, and he did say that he feels like he's going to be on the outside opposite, potentially that Jack uh, linebacker position on the edge. But that if he adds weight, because we've got him listed at 250, yeah. maybe maybe he's a guy that adds some really, really good weight and can be uh, utilized in multiple positions along that defensive front. I, I think that he's kind of got that type of potential. And you talk about these kids growing into that body. It's going to be something really interesting to watch. But C.J. Jackson, the latest addition. Savion Jones, another one. Yeah, yeah it's it, I mean, it has Savion Jones. You know, he's got up to two eighty, and you know, while it does look a little, while it does look a little, a little heavy for him at the position that you know that he is playing. I mean, if he didn't have a problem getting up to two eighty, I could easily mm. see Savion Jones adding another ten pounds and getting up to two ninety and moving inside. You know, yeah. if you have if you have someone out, you know, if you have someone who could play that defensive end position, because, you know, if we're talking about kids who who may get a little I think Savion Jones is one of those guys. You know, when I look mm-hmm. at him, I just say, man, you know, if he's going to play the defensive end position, if you drop if you just drop, if you drop five, maybe even, you know, if you drop 10, maybe even five pounds. Yeah. I mean, your quickness and stuff is just going to be, you know, it's just going to be so much better. But then you look at a guy like Ahmad Bro, and yeah, that same type of frame. Obviously, he doesn't have Savion Jones height, but yeah, I'm with you. He's kind of thick and just a, just a well put together kid. You know, not guys yeah. where you're going to see ripping muscles or anything like that, but just solid. Yeah, Very yeah, it's about the. It, it, he, he's he's two fifty with about four percent body fat, maybe. I mean, yeah. it's just all solidly yeah. built with what he's been able to do. But it's an impressive class, obviously, wanting to continue to build on that. And you know, it's a good reason for you to stay tuned to go twenty four seven. Head over to the site, get all the news and nuggets that you need. And we would appreciate you joining the boards and joining some great conversation as we talk uh, LSU Army this weekend, Sonny. As we get out of here, how excited are you to kind of see? the camo uh, end zones and kind of some of the different things. I know you're not going to be at the game, but obviously, you know, just seeing a bunch of the things that obviously makes uh, any time you play one of the military, the service academies, it, it's a special honor. And Tiger Stadium always has a lot of pageantry. You know, there's yeah. a lot of pageantry associated with LSU from the tailgating to inside the stadium. And I just think that when you add that, when you add the patriotic environment to it, I mean, it's just going to – I kind of got goosebumps right now just kind of kind of thinking about it and talking about it, you know, because I've always wanted to – you know, like 
we all have those bucket lists of, of places that we want to go and see a college yeah. football game. And Navy, and and this is, I mean, not, this is not a knock on Navy. I think it has more to do of just where it's located at in the middle yeah. of, of Maryland, <laughs> I think it is, right, Annapolis? Yeah. But Air Force – Air Force has always been one just because of the majestic mm. mountain and the scenery and stuff right there. And then West Point, you know, I just, oh, that it's was just a place that, you know, that I would, New York, I could never step foot in New York and I would not feel like I ever missed anything, but I would <laughs> like for some, for someone just to drop me in West Point for a day. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Been, been there one time for a game and it, it was amazing. The Hudson River in the background, one of the more picturesque yeah. uh, venues that kind of goes unnoticed, I think, on the national college football landscape. But man, it's going to be a fun weekend, obviously. And, uh, you know, another home game, which is, I th- I'll say this as we end the podcast. One of the best things and the kind of the closing arguments, we'll call it, for LSU's recruiting pitches to some of the 2024 kids, 2025 and beyond, is you get to play every single one of these games at home on the latter half of the season. So you talk about scheduling visits. You're really getting those last game day visits over maybe teams that are kind of split 3-3 the rest of the way or 2-4, something like that. What is it? Four out of the next five are going to be at home. Uh, and it, I mean, you can't beat that. I think from a recruiting perspective, it helps you out a lot. So... It's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Sunny Ship, my name is Bryce Coon. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching. Uh, we appreciate it. If you're listening and you're listening on maybe your drive-in on game day tomorrow, we appreciate that as well, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're getting this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the feed there as well. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast.